all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Oh. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. You can, you can find us at... Many things. <laughs> <laughs> Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and Reddit at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. I feel like I need to write a song about this. <laughs> oh, maybe you will. Do all of those things. There we go. Many the things. Jingle. Yes. <laughs> Ah, reverse bad thing. Yes, in the sense that I'm doing mm-hmm. the, that I did the research. That is kind of reverse, isn't it? Yes, typically <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is going to be a, a bit of fun, somewhat. Fun? Somewhat. Fun for us. Okay. Yeah, not for, for the people involved? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get into all that. Okay. But, Do uh, you want to hint me on the topic or did you want to talk about something else no i i think i did last week when i or earlier this week when i wrote it i said it involves a a movie shoot oh yeah you did say that you did say a movie shoot um because we've already covered you did the twilight zone Mm -hmm. movie um disaster another movie too well we did bruce lee and he died on the set that's true brandon lee brandon lee whoops wrong one yes Bruce Lee died, just not on the set. Did we cover Bruce Lee? Yeah, we did both in okay. that episode. Okay, Bruce and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can you give me a genre of film? <laughs> Comedy, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Which we'll get into. Okay. Um, any other hints you got? Or just going to go into it? No, because I'm sure you, maybe you've heard of this, maybe not. Maybe your audience has, maybe not. I feel like this has got a little bit of a fame Okay. Tinge to it. Tinge. So like a borderline famous. Okay. Or infamous would be the... Almost famous, one could say. Uh, Was it on Almost Famous? No. It was not. Mm -hmm. So this is about the film Roar. Or the dumbest possible idea for a film shoot. Okay. R-O-A-R? Yes. Roar. And so we are going to start with the re-release trailer. Okay. Do you have your volume all the way up? I do. Marshall, Tippi Hedren, and their family lived with 150 untrained wild animals to create what became the most dangerous movie ever made. Those are not trained animals. Some of them are. There's men like wild cats. It's just like life. You get the funny with the tragic. <laughs> what? No animals were harmed in the making of this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Not entirely true. 70 members of the casting crew were. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, people literally being... It's like Walt Disney went insane and shot a snuff version of Sister. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, there was a lot of sentiment. Do, do you realize who that young kid is? Oh, you know what? Um, well, friends are probably doing I'll stuff on me right thing. now. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it anyway. Eating, shut up. Roar. Roar. 
nuts. It doesn't come across well on a podcast, I will say. It's just a bunch of animals attacking people. And them saying Lord. So Tippy Hedren. Melanie Griffin. Yes, that's the... She's like a... Noel Marshall. Mm-hmm. Robbie and Togar. The lions. <laughs> Why'd they say roar like 17 times? Because that's how they did trailers back then. Okay. <laughs> they were, so, it was weird. Um, are you going to comment at all on Tippy Hedren's history with being traumatized by animals? Not entirely, okay. although I do... I, I'll leave that to you, though, because okay. that was something I would debate on whether or not to put in, but... About the birds? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so, roar. Okay, so just to clarify, that was probably very um, hard to tell over the podcast, and I was trying to, like, read the type... The, stuff that was coming up on the screen, but it probably just ended up coming out all funny. Um, (laughs) It was basically just a bunch of people being attacked by animals. Specifically big cats. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. It was all big cats. I didn't see any other animals, right? For the most part. We'll get into that as well. And they just kept saying, roar. Roar. (laughs) So So Tippi Hedren, Melanie Griffith, and who is the guy? Uh, Noel Marshall. Okay, I don't know who that is. So, Roar, Roar. Roar. Is a 1981 comedy, and I put that in quotations. Wait, it was supposed to be a comedy? We'll get, we're we're going to okay. get into all this. This is this is why I'm saying this is this is going to be kind of fun. Okay. Especially after what we just covered. Except Melanie Griffith, apparently the video said that she had to have facial reconstructive surgery. She did, yes. And uh, Tippi Hedren broke a leg. Yep. Literally. <laughs> everybody everybody was injured. Just, Except for the animals, apparently. Just like the national anthem. Like, everything was there. Everything was there. Everyone was injured. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, Roar is a 1981 comedy written, directed, and starring no. Noel Marshall. No. And produced by Marshall himself, his wife Tippi Hedren, and oh. Robert Gottschalk. I did not know that Tippi Hedren was married to him. Okay. And also, can I just say... That, like, some of the worst films are the ones that are written, directed, starring, and yes. produced all by the same yes. person. It's because they couldn't find anybody to finance it. Yep. Most <laughs> um, mystery science theater films yeah. <laughs> uh, start that way. So, yeah. People are like, if you want to make this movie, you're going to have to spend your own money, kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a vanity project. Like, I literally wouldn't give you $5 for it. <laughs> Do you want to save your screen there? Oh, yes. Thank you. Just to... You know, screens kind of distract me. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, so the film would center on the character Hank, played by Noel Marshall, mm-hmm. who sees himself as a naturalist and lives on a preserve with a pride of lions, as well as tigers and other big cat species. Okay. When his family makes their way to the, pres- to the preserve for a visit, they are con- confronted by the group of wild cats that Hank has been living with and let the shenanigans begin, and by shenanigans, I mean a stunning number of onset injuries caused by the wildcats. As we will come to find out, it turns out that having actual big cats oh as your God. co-stars isn't the brightest idea anyone ever came up with. And untrained ones at that. The film also co-stars Noel Marshall's real-life wife, Tippi Hedren, mm-hmm. and Tippi Hedren's real-life daughter, Melanie yes. Griffith, when Griffith was just a teenager. The film also stars Marshall's real-life sons, John and Jerry, so you oh, know no. you got to get everybody involved. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a family vanity <laughs> yes. project. Yeah, in supporting roles. But this so, man literally endangered his family to yeah, make his himself, vanity well, project. Well, and to be fair, himself. Well, we're we're going to get into that. So I'm guessing it had to involve the entire family because anyone who read the script and realized that they would be co-starring with actual lions and tigers probably said, 
fuck no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No. Like, even quote-unquote trained wild animals, they're still wild animals. That's still a risk. It's still very risky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll do it if it's literally shot, like, 100 yards away. (laughs) Like, it's... And I'm also... And they're also behind... A cage, because yeah. do you know how fast a big yeah. cat can cover 100 yards? Yeah, Faster pretty quick. than I can. Yes. Yeah, you'd be dead in no time. So would I. So would anybody. <laughs> One would be dead in no time. <laughs> yes, a- any human, even Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. So Noel Marshall came up with the idea for the film while his wife, Tippy Hedron, was filming Satan's Harvest. Oh, God, wow. I didn't Mozambique. know she had such a bad, bad career. While on location, Hedron and Marshall got to observe a pride of lions move into a recently vacated house, which was driven by a massive increase in poaching in that area. They decided to make a film centered around that premise, with production starting in 1970 when the final script was completed. Wait, I thought it was a 1981 film. We're going to get into that. Oh, no! There are are lots of things. Wow. You, you're going to hear me say two things a lot in this particular podcast. We're going to get into that, as I've, <laughs> as I've already said six times. Uh-huh. And you're also going to hear me say, duh. Okay. 15 times minimum, I'm okay. guessing. Something like that. So, yes, the production starts in 1970. Okay. So, when the final script was complete, uh, completed, they began bringing rescued big cats into their California home <gasps> to live with them in order to prepare for filming... Wait, how already, did, already, already not not off to a very Wait, good start. Are they planning on using the cats that they're rescuing? Yes. In the film, okay. Yep. So it's not just to acclimate them to being around large cats; it's to ostensibly domesticate, mm-hmm. attempt to, which doesn't no, work. It does not attempt to domesticate. What? <laughs> Especially big wild if you're cats. not like it'd be one thing if these were like two trained zoologists attempting to do that. That's still not a good idea. And that's these, why you these won't are, see two these, trained zoologists doing that. <laughs> these are just like just people. And they're like, yeah, these are we'll just Hollywood people. We'll have lions in our house. That that's very Siegfried and Roy of them, but uh, we all know how it turned out. Like yeah, could you imagine like getting up to go to the bathroom and like, <laughs> fucking oh my god, <laughs> there's a fucking lion in the hallway. Like even, oh my god, no, 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 no. It would it would actually be like, um, uh, man, what's that movie? Uh, the Bachelor Party movie. My God, why can't I think of the name of it? The Bachelor Party movie. Yeah, it came out in two thousand eight. Old eight-ish. school, yeah. or I can't think of it for some stupid reason. Hall Pass, or I don't know. Just no. name some things. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in Vegas, anyway. Mm. The Hangover. Thank you. <laughs> that one, because there's a scene in that where he where he goes to the bathroom and yes, there's a tiger there's a t- in the bathroom. Yes, sir. Like that's it's Mike Tyson's, right? Yes, yeah, that's yes. the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, this was actually happening. <laughs> in real life yes. yeah you know it happened at least once yeah <laughs> you know if not several dozen times uh so yeah so yes the, okay this no, is so, this is where we're starting so it, this is in 1970 and correct the birds came out in the mid 60s i think so tippy hedron had already been through the filming of the birds which literally traumatized her <laughs> um not the least of which of reasons of which were that Alfred Hitchcock was emotionally and uh, potentially sexually abusive. Um, but like, as I recall, there there's some stories about man. I wish I could recall recall better. But like something about her, not 
maybe literally being attacked by birds. I don't remember. But at any rate, the filming of that maybe. film was very traumatic to her. So now she's like, well, let's just it with big cats. Hey, and our little cats are being obnoxious. Yeah. So in 1970... <laughs> They're like, let's bring yeah. in, the, let's bring mm-hmm. in the cats. Let's just, let's live with big cats. Mm-hmm. Filming would not begin until 1976, as it became more and more difficult to find someone to produce the picture. Oh, so they were trying to Duh. shop it around, and oh, no one was biting. Of course not. Like, <laughs> no one was biting. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my god. So, uh, so hence why they had to eventually produce it themselves. Like, no, yeah. I mean, they're, it's just... It, if everyone else is refusing to make it, maybe you need to stop and think whether you should make it at all. No, they're like, this will be a fantastic oh idea. So an unfinished but good enough version of the film would be released internationally in 1981. So it took 11 years to get this thing on, like, out in theaters. Due to an ever-increasing budget, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> With studios, Filmways Productions, and the Alpha Films... Acquiring the distribution rights to the picture. Okay. The film would be fully completed in 1987 for a North American audience after 11 years in production. Wow. Despite performing well in Germany and Japan in its initial box office run, Roar, Roar, (laughs) was considered a box office and financial failure, having grossed $2 million, which is 10.6 today. Oh, it's nothing for a film. On a production budget... Of seventeen million dollars. Do you want to care to guess okay. what that is today? So it made two million, which was like ten. Ten point six today. So hold on, hold on. I can do the maths. Uh, one hundred sixty million. No, I'm. Wait, hold on. Two. It's a weekend. I can't do math. Hold on, hold on. I really can do this. It's wait. Sorry. How much did it? Was the budget seventeen? Seventeen million. Okay. So two times eight is sixty. That's eighty million. Eighty eighty five ish million? Very close. Okay. Just a hair under ninety million today. Wow. It's like eighty nine million eight hundred ninety nine, like eight hundred and seventy two. Yeah. So production for a North American theater run was completed in nineteen eighty seven, as was for aforementioned. And the film would remake its North American debut in two thousand fifteen. What? Just a mere 38 years later after its initial release. Wait, why did they re-release it? We're going we're gonna to oh, get okay, into that. okay. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason is because... They through, were trying to get more money. Well, no, through like... Um, like people Legend. Had, right. People okay. had like videotapes of it and yeah, stuff like that. the and mythos it, surrounding and it. And then, you know, in the internet era, like it started to mm-hmm. get, you know, mm-hmm. started to gain traction. Like, like, you guys won't fucking believe this film. Listen to what these crazy, like possibly quite literally insane people yes did Att- back in the 70s do. and 80s yeah. yes mm-hmm. yes so but melanie griffith was yeah, involved yes. her mom was that unhinged so the film was distributed by draft house films this time around and was praised for its message of animal rights by critics however roar's plots story inconsistent <laughs> tone Dialogue and editing were also panned by those same critics. So you know what the best part about it was? That it was about being nice to animals. Sure. But not about animals being nice to people. That's that's kind of a message in itself now, Mm -hmm. isn't it? (laughs) So the cast and crew of the film faced dangerous situations during production. Duh. With 70 members, 70, mm-hmm. including the stars of the film, receiving multiple injuries oh from God. the wild cats. Not one injury, multiple. Multiple injuries. 
this is obviously an incredibly dangerous yes. thing to do. Like, so nobody died, though. Correct. That that is actually that makes us a little bit of a miracle. So not gonna just, lie, just maimed. Jeez. <laughs> well, no persons die, so we're we're gonna get into this oh, towards no. the end. Okay. So what also became just it, this whole thing was production held just yeah. obviously with the big hats alone, but this did not help things. Uh, flooding from a nearby dam to go along with everything else destroyed most of the sets and production equipment as well, which was the main cause for the budget to spiral out of control. Okay. So, they so it was weather conditions. Lo- yes. Where were they filming again? We're going we're to get into that. Oh, okay. I'm that. So due to the staggering amount of onset accidents, the film is notoriously known as being, quote, the most dangerous film ever made. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess no loss of human life. There are films that have been made with loss there of have human been. life. There was one recently. Yeah, the, um, are you thinking of the Alex, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Baldwin? Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. <laughs> Alex Baldwin. He's the fifth brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that accidental shooting. Yeah. So we're going to get into, to start things off, the plot of the film. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it's very deep. <laughs> So American naturalist Hank, again played mm-hmm. by Noel Marshall, lives on a nature preserve in Tanzania with a collection of big cats to study their behavior. Mm-hmm. Although he is due to pick up his wife Madeline, Tippy Hedron, mm-hmm. and their children John, Jerry, and Melanie, Melanie being Melanie Griffith. Oh, so he, he named all the kids after yes, themselves. Okay. John and Jerry being his two sons. Mm-hmm. From the airport to bring them to his home, he is delayed by his friend Mativo, real life name Kialo Mativo. So he's just okay, using he's just, people's real... Except he's just, his own. Yes. He's like, Noel's not he's good like, enough. I'm Hank. He's I'm like, Hank. Call he's me like, Hank. I will change my persona for this film. <laughs> Everybody else is the same. Well, this not is how Melanie's. I see you. Melanie's Correct. was what? what was Melanie. It? Melanie Griffith? No, what was her character name? Melanie. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I missed that. I thought it was Madeline. You Mad- said Madeline. Madeline is the wife. Yeah, that's what I mean. So he changed his name and his wife's and his name, wife's. but not the kids. Not the kids. And not or, the other or guy. Like his other... Uh, the co-star. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Mativo warns him that a committee is coming to review his grant. So as he shows Mativo around his ranch and the rest of the preserve while they wait, Hank explains the nature of the lion pride and their fear of Togar, a rogue lion who often quarrels with the pride's leader, Robbie. Robbie. Hank asks Mativo <laughs> to help keep the pride safe. So the grant committee arrives. One of its members, Prentice, played by Steve Miller, not Steve Miller of the Steve Miller band. Or Steven Miller. Or Steven Miller. Recent political figure. Disapproves of the big cats and threatens to shoot them. What? It just like, what? (laughs) This is the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A, A fight between two lions distracts Hank and he breaks it up, having his hand bitten in the process. While Hank is bandaging his hand, the tigers attack members of the committee and injure some of them, and although Hank offers assistance, they leave in fear. Mativo expresses his concern over another attack when Hank brings his family to the ranch. As they leave for the airport on Mativo's boat, two tigers jump aboard, traveling with them. Mativo steers into a log in the water, causing the craft to sink. The two men swim to safety. Madeline, John, Jerry, and Melanie are advised by an airport attendant to board a bus. They arrive at the ranch and enter the house, realizing that it has been left unattended. When Madeline and Jerry open the windows and doors, they are shocked to see the lions eating a zebra carcass in front of the house. The family are frightened when animals enter the house, 
and try to escape, but Togar pursues them. Remember, Togar the is rogue, the rogue lion. The rogue lion, yes. Jerry finds a rifle and tries to shoot Togar while he is fighting Robbie, which is the, the other lion. Melanie fears that her father has been killed by the animals. Hank and Mativo, still pursued by the tigers, take two bikes from a local village. Remember, they they sunk a boat on right, purpose to, right. to uh-huh. swim back ashore. Because sinking a boat on purpose to swim away from tigers is a good idea. Yeah, because you know cats can't swim. Right. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's right. They can. They can. They're not, they the most, can. they're not the most skilled. And they don't love doing it, no, but, but they, they can. can. And they, they seem pretty angry when they have to do it, so that's yep. probably one place you don't want to meet up with them. Probably not. Anywhere being all the other places. Yeah, exactly. you know, like the moon. Not there either. Oh, can you imagine if they find moon tigers? Moon tigers, yes. That would be, that'd be kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Hank and Mativo, uh, still being pursued by the tigers, take two bikes from a local village. To prevent the tigers from following Hank to the airport, Mativo climbs a tree and to distract them. What? Hank, encower- Hank encounters an airport attendant who tells him that his family have taken the bus to his ranch. Hank- oh, so he was trying to meet them at the yes. airport. Okay. Hank drives back in the airport attendant's car and rescues Mativo from the tree. One of the car's tires is punctured on a rocky road, and Hank runs to the ranch while Mativo fends off the tigers with an umbrella. <laughs> the following morning, the family board, uh, board Hank's boat to try to escape... I thought he sank that boat, but any, anyway. <laughs> there was another one. <laughs> there was another one. There he were had, multiple he had, boats, he had, you know. Two, he had two boats. When you live in Tanzania, you need at least like, a true. small fleet. But an elephant pulls the craft back to the shore and destroys it. So that's the end of that boat. So okay. <laughs> so let's hope they had three. Okay. John goes for help on Hank's motorcycle, but he is chased by the big cats and drives into the lake. After escaping <laughs> another elephant, the family swims across the lake and find another house that they used to sleep in. When they well, awake, they just used to sleep there. No, they. Oh, I. I kind of pronounce that. They use it to sleep in. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. They just find gotcha. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they awake, they find themselves surrounded by the pride and conclude that since they are still alive, the animals do not intend to harm them. Oh my God. Prentice tries. Prentice, remember, is the leader of the. <laughs> he is the human who wanted to shoot all the time. Yes. Who is the? Okay. Who is? Conservation who, committee. No. Something like that. But he's 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 <laughs> making sure that their grant is. You know, if they if they want to trying to sink the ground. Yes. Okay. So Prentice tries to persuade the committee to hunt down and kill Hank's lions. Though he is unsuccessful, he and Rick and another committee member shoot many of the big cats anyway. Eventually, Togar attacks them, and although Hank see, sees the assault and tries to intervene, the lion kills Prentice and Rick before returning to the house to battle Robbie. Robbie stands up to Togar, and the fight ends. Hank arrives at the ranch to find find his family waiting for him. Mativo arrives, and Hank's, Hank asks him not to mention Prentice or Rick, Rick's death, uh-huh. and Mativo is introduced to Hank's family, who agree to stay for the week. What? They yeah. they're, they agree to stay? Yeah. So did, did I mention earlier that this was a comedy? <laughs> it's meant to be like a farce, like a madcap comedy? I guess. Have you seen this movie? I've just seen, like, clips of it. Of it. Okay. it. It looks like a movie that was... Shot partially from 1976 to 1981 on a low but high budget. Uh, oh, and, uh, uh, <laughs> it, uh, high budget, low quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. So yeah, it's uh, wow. it's it's exactly how you would think it would be. Wow. In the words of Luann Ludicep, "Money can't buy you class." It cannot. So that that is the plot of the film. That. Uh, 
well, that is the yeah. air quotes plot if you of can the call film. It, if you can call that a plot. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to get into <laughs> pre-production and filming. So Marshall wrote the first script for the project in the spring of 1970 and gave it the working title, Lions. <laughs> then, he, then he switched that to Tigers. Then he switched it to Bears. Then he switched it to no. Oh My. And then he switched it to Roar. No, he, he later changed it oh, no. to Lions, Lions, and More Lions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or or, do you, do or you, and, 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 and. And, and, and. Or do you think that uh, that's where Lions, Lions, the band got their name from? Could be. Yeah, very well Lions, could be. Lions, Lions. And More Lions. Lions, and, 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 Lions, Lions. He also enlisted the assistant the assistance of actor and voice artist Ted Cassidy, with whom he had co-written and produced the Herod Experiment. So Did this, this just ever this just do sounds anything like legitimate. He sounds like a like a modern day uh, Uwe Boll. Do you know who that is? Uh-uh. He produced and like directed like a lot of video game to film adaptation movies in like mm-hmm. the 2000s, and they're terrible. Okay, they are like, like the beyond... Ghost in the Shell or whatever. Something like that. Demetrius. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Speaking rhythm. of cats. Yes. Yes, our they're cats. Just, they're just little tiny cats. They're there. hearing the story. If they were big enough, they would completely attack us. So the original script uh, allowed for up to thirty or forty trained lions. You know, thirty, 30 or forty. 40. Whatever. We'll see how many we can collect <laughs> we'll in our how, home. We'll see how many we need. <laughs> My God. Marshall was also inspired by Max Sennett's slapstick routines oh, no. and decided to incorporate a mixture of comedy, drama, and moments of quote-unquote stark terror Why? in the human and animal encounters with an underlying message of the need for the preservation of African wildlife. By showing them killing people. Yeah. <laughs> we need to preserve these beautiful animals. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and that's, that's like actually what happened to these people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the idea was, we better preserve these animals because if we go after them, they will kill us. Like the the bad guy in the film, right? Correct. So. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> so that's where he's trying to go with this film. That that sounds like fun. <laughs> Scenes where uh, animals chase after the characters required that the actors pretend to be scared and scream in order to trigger a reaction from the animals. <gasps> I'm going to go out on a limb and guess they were not uh, acting in those scenes. So they had they had to deliberately provoke. Yes. No, they didn't have to. They chose, they chose to, to deliberately provoke <laughs> yes. wild animals. So no, okay. And not like, yeah, to not, be clear, not like feral pigs. Like No. Well, which that'd be that'd dangerous. be bad. Yeah, that'd be bad too, but But like the thing is in any circumstance in which you are in the same space as a big cat, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah. And were that to happen, I would ima- I am not a wildlife expert. I would imagine some version of slowly backing away and being very quiet would be involved. So if they're screaming and running, <laughs> I would think that, and deliberately just, trying to do that. It just looks to them like it's food. Well, they're doing it in order to provoke yeah. the animals themselves. Yeah. My God. Which they su- succeeded in doing. Holy shit. So the script developed with frequent changes. <laughs> no, no shit. But always allowed for inclusion of spontaneous actions by the animals. Oh like God. Like a maiming. Well, because you, <laughs> you can't choreograph no. wild animals. No. They're not trained. That's the whole point. 
So those spontaneous actions in the movie being uh, playing with the family's boat, which we've already gone into, uh-huh. or riding a skateboard. So they just integrated these things if they, they happened. So yes. wait, did a big cat just act, just accidentally ride a skateboard? Yes, and they they kept it in the film. How did it fit? No, it, it was just <laughs> doing it. It was just doing it with like one paw, like pushing it with one paw, and you know. It would literally only fit under one paw though, and they've yeah, got four. But it's. Yeah, but it's... Oh, so they were just kind of walking on three limbs and yes, sliding on them? Yes, alongside of it, yeah. You've never seen, like, the dogs that can skateboard? Yes, but they can... They're they're short enough that they can fit all of their limbs same, onto it. Same concept, though. He, but he's just pushing it along. not with a cat. No, he's not just pushing it Not that big of a cat. No, he's not getting on and riding it. Right. Just pushing off just on pushing it. pushing it. Okay. Well, because it's true that there are a lot of behaviors in big cats that you see in little cats and domesticated cats, and... They are. Oh, they're actually really cute when they do them, but because they can't kill us. (laughs) Yeah, the little No, I mean it's really cute in the big cats too. It's just that you would never want to get near them, even when they're looking cute. (laughs) Because the moment you'd think, "Oh, that's so cute," that then your head would be like ripped off, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, they're not so cute anymore." Well, no, you wouldn't be thinking that because you're. Yeah, because you're yeah. So this. The spontaneity in the animals led some of the lions to be credited as writers. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably part of the slapstick. Slap, it's the, uh, what was this guy's name? Max Sennett, who I've never heard of. Yeah. Like Max Sennett slapstick. He's, he's doing the, <laughs> leave it in the yeah. film. <laughs> so Marshall and Hedred began keeping young lions that they had acquired from zoos and circuses in their house in Sherman Oaks, California. Okay, that is some rich people bullshit yeah because i i am not against the rescues like well especially like what kind of zoos are we talking about because if they're they're being treated well then they're not really rescuing them correct if they're being treated poorly of course that could be considered a rescue and there are legitimate cat rescues circuses probably aren't treating them great oh circuses i missed that part of course no in fact my opinion sir any form of animal participation in circuses should be outlawed um, but like to, they were rich enough. Clearly they could have taken all this money and just set up an actual right. cat sanctuary, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a proper one <laughs> yes. and paid people to take yes. like the proper people Yes, to take the proper care of the yes. animals, which yeah. involves like very proper <laughs> cages. But, but anybody, but you know, anybody with, with this much of an ego is like, no, I'm going to make a movie about me doing it. First, I'm going to collect them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to live with them first. I'll call it rescuing them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, of course, this was illegal, having them in their house. Yes, it, that's like the exotic pet shit. As they did not secure permission from the authorities beforehand, though it was before the more stringent regulations yeah. of the Endangered Species Act of 1973, which that's that's federal law, I believe. Okay. And then different states have different laws. They about, do have different uh, bylaws about, yeah. Because certain animals only show up in certain places, like... There's not going to be a, a python hunting ring in North Carolina because we don't have them as invasive species yet, like right. they like they are in Florida. But beyond this isn't this isn't invasive species stuff. This is exotic pet stuff, which mm-hmm. often leads to invasive species. But um, there are some states that are a lot more lax in allowing people exotic uh, and, pets. And people, I don't think anybody listening to us in general, but there are people out there like, well, you know, it should be up to the people. It's like. No. What if one of these things gets away and like kills like three neighbors? 
You know, Do- because people get in trouble or with your their dog. dogs. Yeah. You no, know, people get in trouble with their dogs, sure. like biting yeah. other people or <laughs> yeah. killing the neighbor's bunny or whatever. Oh, so... I've seen plenty of those videos on Facebook uh, on Facebook videos, like dogs dogs getting involved with horses seems to be really? a thing. Yes. The That's horse scary. always wins, by the way. Well, the horse is much bigger <laughs> yes. than any dog. But um, so just just this idea of like, oh, we'll rescue them. It's like that's not rescuing. That is collecting yeah. exotic pets. You know how you can rescue them by leaving them the fuck, sending them back to, or well, not these. They've already been, but sending them. And at this point, it's to a sanctuary, right? Like yeah. a big cat rescue yeah. or you sanctuary. Couldn't, you couldn't send them back to where they were from because they they wouldn't survive. But leave the ones that are already there alone. And send well, these to a, a sanctuary. Them, don't have them as pets. And the people who are like, oh, people should have the right to choose are the assholes who think that all animals have the right to be human property. And that's not how it should work. Yeah. We're also not talking about like, <laughs> we're talking about a wild animal is what we're talking about. It's just entirely unsafe. Yes. Let alone just a horrible. It's unsafe for you. <laughs> and everyone around you. Yes. And your neighborhood, let alone... That it's not the right thing for the animal either. I have been in a guy's house who he had a whole giant poisonous snake collection. But he had a snake handling. He had like a license and permit. He had like all the stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he had like 20 venomous snakes in his house. I don't want somebody with an unvenomous snake anywhere near me. Like, I'm sorry. I apologize for anyone who has a pet snake. (laughs) Because I feel like there are listeners who do. There probably are. Um... And that's fine for you. <laughs> for you. Provided they are not exotic and you're not letting them get out and potentially, you know, throw off the ecosystem. But I am not sure I would endorse that. No. Just my two cents. So, getting back, this is when there's just domesticating these these. Uh, well, these cats. quote, domesticating. The authorities discovered the animals in 1972 and ordered the family to remove them from the pro- property. The couple then purchased land in Soledad Canyon and hired staff. So this is all, all right. So in, like, now they almost are setting up a rescue-ish yeah, situation. Kind of to to film. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they didn't. They're okay, they're do, so they're doing they're doing a Joe Exotic like thirty years they before really Joe are, Exotic. They really are. <laughs> now, so they're shooting this in California. They are not yes. shooting this in Africa. No. I was getting the um the visual that they were going to like then travel to Africa to film it, but no, they're just. They're creating a set. They're not even Correct. creating a cat rescue. They're creating a set. That's... Yep. Wow, Tippy Hedren, I am so disappointed in you that you married this weirdo. So this, uh, along with, <clears throat> excuse me, along with various set decorations, the staff also constructed a two-story house inspired by African architecture. The house was supported by 14 telephone poles, which made it sturdy enough to bear the weight of 50 big cats. Oh, wow. Or 20,000 pounds. So they really had to consider, yeah, the average house isn't meant to hold tons (laughs) and tons and tons of weight. weight. The staff was composed of non-union workers. Uh Uh-huh. Duh. Again. (laughs) As they were unable to afford union staff and were afraid of breaking union rules. So they were underpaying people they were putting (laughs) into harm's way. The first union rule, I'm going to guess, is be like, we don't work with untrained wild animals. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little wild that you need a union for that, but, uh, you know. So, yeah, before we even show up, you've already broken the union rules. (laughs) So, yeah, that's not happening. So, yeah. 
So that's why that's why it becomes over time and even in the beginning very much so, but it becomes just a family thing because who well, else is gonna do it? Who else is gonna suffer at the hands of these lunatics? Yes. So a flat roof was installed on the house, and the surrounding lands' California desert characteristics were adapted to mimic Tanzania okay. by planting thousands of cottonwood trees in Mozambique bushes, and a nearby creek was dammed to create a lake. So they're just fucking with which, the entire ecosystem. Which we're going to get into later in, in more a little bit more detail, but we learned earlier would flood. <laughs> a crew of five men cordoned off areas up to 2,000 square feet with 14-foot fences to prevent the animals from escaping. A miniature studio was constructed alongside numerous other buildings, such as editing rooms and a kitchen commissary. An animal hospital, elephant barn, and a 10,000-pound freezer to store meat for the big cats was also constructed. The... Uh, so it's... They, this explains... <laughs> no, this explains the budget. <laughs> yes. But also... Like... Oh, Somebody just needed to say no. No. <laughs> Somebody just needed to say no <laughs> but to there this was, man. There was there was nobody. I want to learn so much more about Noel Noel Howard. What is his name? Not Noel uh, Howard. No. Uh Noel something. Marshall. Yes. I was gonna say Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher. <laughs> Noel Chomsky. <laughs> Do you know who Noel Gallagher is? He's the uh, Liam's brother. Correct. Is he the one who heckled his own brother or was he the brother who was heckled? He was the brother who was heckled. Okay. Yes. yes. Liam was Liam, the one Liam's the little shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, so, yeah, so they have a, they have an animal has, hospital, 10,000 right. pound uh, freezer. freezer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of like, it's like you have the right idea. Like you're, it's like, you're almost there. No. You just, you just, no, but you need to bring in like professionals and not film it no. and just have it as a preserve. No, they have none of the right idea because they're, they've already destroyed the natural landscape. <laughs> well, that's true. They put in all those trees. system. <laughs> yeah. They gave no consideration to the best climate for the animals yeah. or the best structures to be built or, or anything like that. Um, the best that they've done is well, at least they're feeding the animals, and that's essentially the bare minimum. Um, I'm not going to give them any credit on this. No. So Hedron operated a backhoe that she learned to operate while on set and was okay. in charge of the film's wardrobe, which she described as a plain, quote, wash and wear look, unquote. So in other words, she went to Kmart, and which was around back then, and, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. I think so. Or, or Sears around, was. Yeah, haven't been pennies. around for a while. Oh, yeah, probably Sears she went, she or went to No, she went to Woolworths. No. No. <laughs> that was the one place that they saved money on the production was yes. wardrobe. So after Marshall took in two infant Siberian tigers and an African elephant bull named Timbo from the um, Okanagan Game Preserve, he decided to resi- revise the film's script to include different animals and change oh the formerly lion-centric title to Roar. But wait, how is Roar not lion-centric? I, yeah, it What is. other animal can you name that roars? I still like lions, lions, and more lions. That's that would That would have been my go, go-to. Another addition to the script involved Timbo crushing the family's rowboat, inspired by seeing the elephant destroy a metal camper. The family... <laughs> <laughs> The family, the family would eventually accumulate, and this is by 1975, so fucking get this, 71 lions, 26 tigers, 
a tigon, which of course is a crossbreed of a lion and a tiger. Why don't they call it a liger? Yeah, because they went with tiger. Well, I, I think guess. it depends on which one is the male and which one is Probably. the female, the breeding or something like that. Nine black panthers, ten cougars, two jaguars, four leopards, two elephants, six black swans, four Canada geese, four cranes, two peacocks, seven flamingos, and a marabou stork. And, and a partridge and a bear tree. Right. The only animal they turned down was a hippopotamus. Probably, I'm just guessing here, because hippos are responsible for hundreds of human deaths I was going to say, I think hippos are potentially more dangerous than the lions. They are, yes. By a... By killing humans, perspective. Yeah. Yes, they're way more dangerous than lions. They're horrifically aggressive. Yes, but um, they come out of the water to get you. Yes, <laughs> which is even fucking scarier. And they're just as fast in the water as they are out. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I wonder <laughs> how many of those birds peacefully coexisted <laughs> yeah, with right. all those cats <laughs> yeah. being so outnumbered. Much less, much less with each other because they're competing yeah. with each other for food. So, but, yeah. Like, at least they at least they had the sense to turn down the hippos. <laughs> then, then it would have been like 70 people murdered. I would like to know, do we find out in the end how many animals were left? Uh, I believe we do. Okay. Because I bet I those, wrote this a week ago, so I'm trying to Those black swans don't stand much of a chance, No, they don't. Opinion. Neither do the cranes. <laughs> yeah. So... The flamingos aren't great flyers either. So None of maybe, them are. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're not the best. Yeah, they could probably so they, they had to get away. the weakest flying birds to be in a lion <laughs> yeah. preserve. All they needed was a cassowary. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But a cassowary would have fucked him up. Like like yeah, a, that would have been worse than the lion. A cassowary versus a hippo. I would like to see that. <laughs> That's like ultimate fighting <laughs> yes, showdowns. That would be, be great. So <laughs> after the okay, so after the first. Six years of production have been completed. <laughs> the big cats used during filming numbered 100, with the final total reaching 150 when production was finished in 1987. So they kept collecting. Yep. Issues with funded, funding starting in, started in 1973, as by then the cost of the crew and feed for the animals was $4,000 per week. Like, yeah. for, especially for back then. We're talking about terrible. just for the animals. Mm-hmm. That's not feeding the crew. And which you got to do that too. Is it paying the crew? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but this is just what it costs each week to feed the animals. Just That's, in meat. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The family sold their four houses and 600 acres near Magic Mountain to pay debts, and Marshall's wow. commercial production company went bankrupt. Well, where did they live if they're selling all their houses? I think they're living on this set now. This is like, did did either Tippy Hedren? Or Noel Gallagher, <laughs> Noel Marshall. Um, like, I feel like Child Protective Services should have stepped in for Larry and Jimmy and Melanie, or Bobby and... <laughs> Larry and Jimmy. <laughs> Bobby and Augustus, and I don't know who they're... Stephen and Jerry? Is it Stephen and Jerry? I think Robert was one of them. No, anyway, Robbie's the lion. Yeah, that's, well, whatever. <laughs> so, so, like, I was wondering this, too, and, and it... Uh, one of the documentaries I was watching on this gets into this. So uh, Marshall had made like basically all of his money because he had been an executive producer of The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh-huh. which again, that, that was a... 
kind of a sleeper hit a little bit. Well, at right? the time, at the time, I'm pretty sure for the first until Halloween came out, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest grossing independent film of all. Like The Exorcist was not a big budget studio. Right, didn't I was make that. I was gonna say it ended yeah. up like it. I think they made it was for hugely like, successful. Yes, and I think they made it for like a hundred grand. They made it for next to nothing, and I think worldwide it grossed like seventy five million, something like that. So. Wow. Yeah, so that's why he has four houses and 600 acres near Magic Mountain. But not anymore. Not anymore. Because he sold it all. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I just, I can't even with this man. Melanie Griffith divorced him eventually, right? Well, she married Don Johnson. She did. No, wait, she's we're not talking married about the, to him. We're talking about the mom. Damn yeah. it, I'm getting them all mixed up. Sorry, it was her mom, Tippi Hedren. Yes. I hope Tippi Hedren divorced him. So the Marshalls also sold some possessions, including Hedron's fur coat, given to given to her by Alfred Hitchcock. Well, that's okay, because Alfred Hitchcock her starring is kind role of a son of a bitch. In the birds. Okay. The lack of funds meant that members of the family had to cover crew tasks and take on other work. John <laughs> child labor they're <laughs> putting their kids to work. That's why, yeah, every, this uh... is this is an all hands on deck situation mm-hmm. now. So John Marshall, one of Noel's sons and also a supporting actor in the film, okay, Johnny, was an animal was an animal wrangler, set mechanic, boom operator, and camera operator. With formal training in none of those none things. Of them. Well, probably in the camera work, you know, may, maybe. He also undertook veter, veterinary, veterinary work. Why not? <laughs> like, hey. Wait. What, what, what do I do? Wait, with this? I'm sorry. They let him like do medical shit on the animals, <laughs> such as giving vaccines and drawing oh. blood from the animals. No. In a 1977 interview with the Montreal Gazette, Noel Marshall was asked why he took personal risks for the project. "Quote: You get into anything slowly. I'm just going to pretend he has a British accent. Okay. He sounds like Noel Marshall sounds like a British guy. It does a little bit. You get into anything slowly." We have been on this project now for five years. Everything we own, everything we have achieved is tied up in it. Today we're 55% complete. We're at a point where we just have to do it. Unquote. That almost turned Irish. It was hard. Was it, was, little... it was a mix of all of them. <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little Australian in there too, I'm sure. <laughs> some of the big cats were plagued with airborne illnesses. So this is where we're getting to, yes, oh, some of the animals died. So they okay. were lying about that in, in press releases. Yeah. So some of the big cats were plagued with airborne illnesses, and 14 lions and tigers died as a result during filming. Because they're in a climate and environment that they're probably not native <clears throat> to and not meant to be in. And they're or, not being they're, cared for properly. Right, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're in, they're not, yeah, they're not in their native land. No. They're in, they're in frickin' Southern California. Yeah, in like a desert canyon area or whatever. Which there are mountain lions in Southern California that but are not native, lions but, and not, but not lions and, and tigers. leopards and no, jaguars and... No. No, those do not belong there. So principal photography uh, began on October 1st, 1976 and was initially scheduled to last for six months. Oh my God. But filming was restricted to five months at a time because the cottonwood tw- trees on set <laughs> turned brown from November until March. So ruining oh, like the... Oh, idiots. Filming the big cats was difficult and frustrating. Oh, was it now? <laughs> You're kidding. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> and Dutch cinematographer Jan de Bont. Oh, Jan de Bont. He's famous. Best known for his directing of the movies Speed and Twister, amongst many yeah, others. okay. Well, this but is he... where he learned his love of disasters. <laughs> right, yes. He was like... I'm surprised he hasn't done like a this. right. I'm surprised he hasn't come back with like a you a know, fictionalized version of yeah, what actually happened. Yeah, on set. Yeah. 
So, Jan de Bon often spent hours setting up five different cameras and waiting for the cats to just do something that could be included in the film. B-roll of the cats, yeah. This eventually led to Marshall and the crew recording footage in documentary style with up to eight Panavision 35mm cameras. So, that's that's a lot of fucking... Probably super expensive, too. Yes, a lot of equipment. Especially back then, it was all film, not video. (laughs) Fuck no. No video back then. Yeah, you're you're not looking. You're just looking through a lens. You don't have a monitor really yeah. even next to you, like getting yeah, yeah. One scene where Marshall and Mativo drive a 1937 Chevrolet containing two tigers took seven weeks to complete. Oh my god! Because the animals had to be trained how to ride in a car. Well, yeah, because that would be <laughs> our cats hate that. <laughs> they do when we take them to the vet. I mean, I know they're also you know uh, confined to their little carriers, but. They do like, not like it at all. No, it's I, I hear I hear noises out of Demetrius that I only hear when, when he, he's in he the does, car. Yes, you're right. He makes very specific noises. Mm-hmm. So Marshall often refused to stop filming because he did not want to lose a take, even though only a single take or even none at all were usable from a day's shoot. My God. The opening footage of Marshall racing a bull giraffe on a motorcycle was filmed in Kenya with the location acknowledged in the credits. Okay, so they actually did film They did do a some, yes, <laughs> on <Africa>. location, yes. <laughs> One session involved a leopard licking, licking Hedron's face, which oh had God. been completely coated in honey. Hedron considered it to be one of the most dangerous scenes she ever agreed to. Yes. No shit. How about the most? So just to put <laughs> it into context, a couple years ago, I reached, it was my own fault, I fully admit it, reached down to try and look at a dog collar on just a domesticated dog and got bit in the face. You did. So I would not put honey on my face and then offer it to a big cat. No. I wouldn't even offer it to our cats. <laughs> yeah, they'd probably get a little chewy. Yeah, a little chewy. It'd be like It'd be like Catwoman in Batman, <laughs> yes, you know? it would the, be. The yeah. Selena, what's her name? Selena Kyle. Uh... Yeah, Michelle the, the uh the scene where they're starting to eat her mm-hmm. after she fell out the window. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I think that movie <clears throat> came out in ninety two. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was a while ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> Somehow. Um so yes. So although handlers were eight feet away, they would not have been able to stop the cat from yeah, biting her. Of course not. Or in in other words, when a big cat bites you, it that it's, means eating your face off. Yep. In the scenes where some of the big cats are shot and killed by hunters, the effect was achieved by filming the animal animals when they were tranquilized for their annual blood draw. Okay. So filming took five years to complete, although Hedron has claimed that principal photography ended on October 16th, 1979, after just over three years, additional pickup shots were filmed in Kenya during the editing stage. The total production time was 11 years. Oh my God. For yeah. like a shitty movie. For a vanity project. Yes. I guess it really fulfilled the the brief of a vanity project. And now to the moments we have all been waiting for. Oh no. The onset injuries. The, the injuries. <laughs> Due to the large amount of untrained animals on set, there were, were a reported 48 injuries within two years of the start of filming. It has been estimated that of Roars, 140-person crew, at least 70 were injured during production. So, at least so that's half. half. Mm-hmm. And we all know it was more. Of course. This was reported. Or allowed to leak or, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. In a 2015 interview, John Marshall said that he believed the number of people injured was over 100. 
Tippy Hendren had her ankle fractured by Tembo, the five-ton African elephant <laughs> that we talked about earlier, uh-huh. when he used his trunk to pick her up. Oh, jeez. She contracted gangrene from the incident and stated <laughs> that the elephant was not trying to harm her, but instead was trying to catch her after bucking her off his back. Okay, so that's cute, Tippy, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you were the you asshole. Shouldn't, shouldn't be there. You, if this was Reddit's Am I the Asshole, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, Tippy, you are the yes. asshole for being around that elephant in the first place. Several days earlier, Tembo had bucked a trainer <laughs> into a tree, which resulted in the trainer breaking her shoulder. Jeez. Hedron was also scratched on the arm by a leopard and bitten in the chest by a cougar. Bitten in the chest <laughs> yes. by a cougar. <laughs> oh, and scratched on the arm by a leopard. <laughs> Uh, like a, a domestic cat scratch is can hurt bad. <laughs> yeah, it can hurt, and too. you have to be super careful because it can get infected yeah, gotta, very easily. Yeah, you got to put alcohol in that thing right away, mm-hmm. or wash it, one or the other, or both. <laughs> yes. During a promo shoot in 1973, Hedron was also bitten on the head by a lion named Cherries, whose teeth <laughs> scraped against her skull. She was taken to Sherman Oaks Hospital where her wounds were treated and she was given a tetanus shot. Okay, can you imagine? <laughs> that hospital probably saw all of these injuries and are just like... like why does this keep hey, happening? Hey, Doc, we've, we've got another <laughs> cougar bite. Yeah. This And it's kind of the same <laughs> and, people. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it's from the same woman that had the leopard scratch. Yes, remember that lady with the fractured ankle and gangrene because of the elephant? <laughs> yeah, she's back. She's back. With a, with a bitten head. Yeah. Um, we're getting a little concerned. <laughs> Noel Marshall was bitten through the hand. Ooh. Ouch. When he interacted with male lions during interacted. a fight scene. Like, why would you do that? Like, if... Well, was... One of the plot points was that he broke up a scene... A fight great. between two lions. That's a great plot point. <laughs> I'm reading that in this... Well, first of all, I'm not here. I'm not doing the script. I don't care if I'm, like, a starving actor and they're like, we'll give you five... Well, five million, sure. Why not? But anyway. Oh, of course not. But uh, if two male lions are going at it, I'm not going to be like, whoa, 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 fellas. Let's let's right, break right. it up here. <laughs> I'm surprised getting bitten through the hand. It's the worst thing that happened yeah, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jesus. Doctors initially feared that he might lose his arm, his entire right arm, due to infection. Yeah. By that time, he had suffered eight puncture wounds on his leg caused by a lion, which was it's curious... Which was curious about his anti-reflection makeup. Marshall had already been bitten around 11 times, and he was hospitalized when his face and chest were injured and was diagnosed with sepsis, which is a type of blood poisoning, and was also diagnosed with gangrene, just like his wife, Tippy. Oh my god. It took Marshall several years to fully recover from his injuries that he attained on set. Again. Like, (laughs) no shit. And... But the pro- here's the are we getting into the kids getting injured? Oh yes, okay. we're about to. Because yes. that's the, that's the thing. Ultimately, is like if full grown adults want to do this shit, correct. But that they're subjecting their own kids. That's like actually negligent. Yes. Did CPS get involved? Is that part of the plot of this? <laughs> it should be. Script? Right. I don't think it is. <laughs> it should be part of the movie plot. Jesus. CPS comes in and saves the day. Yeah. So Melanie Griffith, Hedron's daughter. Mm-hmm received 50 sutures after being attacked by a lioness. It was feared that she would lose her eye or her left eye, but she eventually recovered without being disfigured, although she did require some facial reconstruction surgery. And then later in her years, she would just do it again for fun. Yeah. 
A lion jumped on John Marshall and bit the back of his head, inflicting a wound that required 56 sutures. Oh I, I'm surprised he wasn't dead. So they're just trying to one-up each other here at this point. <laughs> Jerry Marshall was bitten in the thigh by a lion while he was in a cage on set, and he was in a hospital alongside Hedron for a month. Oh my god. Cinematographer and future director, big-time director, Jan de Bont, was scalped by a lion <gasps> while he was filming... Oh my god. ...an injury requiring 220 sutures. Well, if you're scalped, that literally means you, your scalp needs to be put back on your skull. He resumed his his duties after recovering from the hospital. So I read that and I was like, okay, so last week at work, sometimes the machine I work on malfunctions. Mm -hmm. And last week I tried to fix it in a situation where I shouldn't have been. Oh no. Well, that's how I got this. I was going to ask you, you have like a bruised finger, yeah, or fingernail bed. And I could see it like potentially happening. I was just like, oh, if I do it just the right way, it won't. And it did anyway. Please don't ever do that again. But anyway, it it hurts quite a bit. So the same thing happened like a couple days later. Uh I started to kind of fuck with it again. And then I was like, I don't, I'm like, I was like, I was like, I don't really want a a bruised finger. Well, re-bruise that same finger again. Uh Like, I just won't do that. This guy got scalped by a lion. And had to get to had to get two hundred and twenty. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, guys, I'm back. I'm all good. Like, I'm yes, back. I'm back. Yes, they had to shave half of my head, you know, to put the stitches in. Oh so I might look weird, but I'm but, but I'm back. Like, my like, God, like, what even? Like, what? Not, what? Like, what? How charming was this <laughs> Noel Marshall guy? You know, to get everybody to agree to this. That's what I was thinking as I was writing this too. Like everybody, and I never, I, there's nothing really about if people did or didn't get paid. I think everybody got paid. I think but that's why. They were why, non-union. Correct. So they probably didn't get paid well. Or, or they got some of the guys like cinematographer guy here got paid really well because he was just like, I'm going to do it, but it's going to be for this amount of money. Or maybe and, maybe the larger thing was not necessarily pay. Well, the reason they went non-union, it was because the union wouldn't let their union yeah, members literally no be way. in danger yeah, like that. There's no way. I mean, they spent, you know, uh, seventeen million dollars. That that's what yes. they so. Oh, so I, money was being thrown around. I just I I have a good pun, or a good joke. Um, that would have made a good tagline for this. <laughs> this film roar roar too the the electric boo no um (laughs) the the only species that's endangered is the humans (laughs) they were literally endangered as people Uh, yeah that would have worked see but they were they were going for the comedy angle see this this is a a horror film all the way like comedy how, how can you not see this as a horror film i wonder if when he invested in the exorcist um Noel was also convinced that was a comedy film. I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, when she turns her head around and yeah, pukes, Yeah, it's hilarious. So goddamn funny. You guys need to see the this. crab walk, guys. I mean, that alone. <laughs> yeah. So creepy they had to... That was not in the initial release. The mama jokes yeah, that the, yeah. the demon makes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wholesome family entertainment. Mm-hmm. So Togar, the yes, rogue lion... the rogue lion. Known to hunt humans in the film... Decided to make his off-screen reputation just as deadly. He was a method actor, you know. <laughs> and bit assistant director Doran Copper in the throat and jaw <gasps> and tried to pull off one of his ears after Copper unintentionally cued an attack. Oh my god. Copper also received injuries to his scalp, chest, and thigh, and he was admitted to Palmdale General Hospital, 
where he had to undergo four and a half hours of surgery. And explain how he ended up like just like like at this point, like because like you had mentioned earlier, like these people keep coming back. This is a different hospital. Yeah. But by then, like I'm sure word has spread. Like yes, (laughs) like there are a bunch of people coming in (laughs) with big cat injuries, and they don't seem to be too concerned about it. Like, I was going to, like, I put in here, but now I realize, I, I put, like, who's in charge of California at this point? But you know who is in charge of California at this Reagan. point? Reagan. <laughs> yes. God damn him. <laughs> Reagan. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just something else we can blame him on. Yeah. Blame it. Yeah, yes. It's, like, so, the least offensive thing he's ever it done. Is. Letting like he's, Roar be made. Yes, he's, he's, he's responsible for Roar. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, what, why not? Oh my god. So, yeah. Like, you've got to think, like, you know, surgers, uh, surgeons are calling each other and, like, nurses and right? being like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like should I give them a shot like of, like, this? the state health department is probably aware of what's going on <laughs> yeah. with this many injuries. It probably <laughs> fucked up all sorts of health statistics for California It probably for did like for, like, a couple of years. years. <laughs> yeah, for, like, half a generation. So, a lot, although the attack was reported as nearly fatal... Uh, Again, yeah. like no shit. The throat part was the first. Giveaway. Yeah, and that's how big cats kill you. Yeah, usually get your throat. Yeah, yeah. and collapse Neck. your right, collapse uh-huh. your lungs, like mm-hmm. choke you to death, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Uh, sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so although the attack was reported as nearly fatal, a nurse told a Santa Cruz Sentinel reporter that Copper's injuries were acute, meaning sudden and traumatic. Right. But that he was conscious and in fair condition after the surgery. Well, yeah, that's why they gave him the <laughs> surgery to help him recover. After witnessing multiple attacks, 20 different crew members left the set and many did not want to return. Like, Okay, so maybe yeah. there were a few intelligent people in there. <laughs> that be, like the guy constantly like holding the boom mic whose whole like body is exposed right. at any given time. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh... Like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> He learns how to do it, like, with one hand with the boom mic. Right. And, like, <laughs> and the other hand, like, around his body. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, yeah. Uh, so 20 people were like, yeah, we're going to go. You think we're going <laughs> to... No. See you around? <laughs> <laughs> so, because of Marshall's financial proceeds from, a, from his producer credit on The Exorcist, rumors began to spread that the set of Roar... Was cursed, of course. Was plagued by the quote-unquote curse of the exorcist. Oh, fuck idiots like that. It's just... Uh, no, the or, answer is or they're my, wild my, or, animals. Or, or my, my take on it is that he was just producing a film with over 100 wild big cats whose training was on a scale between well-trained and I didn't have enough money for another trainer, so my son did it. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't so need I don't think it, it was. It, it doesn't need to be cursed. It's just no, a bad So now let's get into the part that I mentioned early on in the episode where a flood happens. Should we? Shall we? Why not? Pipes and berms from Aliso Canyon became flooded with water and burst on February 9th, 1978 after a night of heavy rain. Both were pointed towards the Marshall property to redirect water from the Southern Pacific Railroad track. The property was destroyed by a 10-foot flood. Oh my god. That's not anything small. Let's imagine a, imagine you just being in your house right now and a ten foot fucking wave it would, comes up on it. It, it would it, that's a story high, so yeah. it would flood out your first level. What 
Th- did animals die? Well, that's so, what we're okay. going to get into. Uh, four crew members were caught in the flood and had to oh be rescued, but fortunately survived. Marshall, who had left the hospital desp- despite being scheduled to undergo knee surgery, helps to rescue many of the anim- animals that were out on set still. I'm not going to give him credit for that because that's literally the least he could do. Fifteen lions and tigers escaped from the set after their fences and cages <gasps> collapsed, and the sheriff and local law enforcement killed three lions, uh... including Robbie, the lead lion, who was replaced with another lion, Zuru, when filming resumed. A broken dam and several floods also caused the surrounding lake to fill with sediment, adding six feet to its height. Most of the set, ranch, editing equipment, and film stock were destroyed, and over $3 million of damage was caused. Just under $14 million today. Oh my god. Fortunately, the majority of the film negatives had already been sent to be edited in a Hollywood studio when the disaster occurred. Um, I mean, fortunately is a... <laughs> Yeah, that's a relative term in this, in this case. on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fortunately, another dictator took took the helm. Right, yeah. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> fortunately, there was another Castro in Cuba. Right. It's like, fortunately, <laughs> Trump didn't win that election. Unfortunately, Ron DeSantis did. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, absolutely. Um, so many friends and strangers at Kurt uh, offered help to the marshals and their crew, including the Southern Pacific Railroad Office, who offered to send railway cars as temporary housing for the animals. As a result of the flood, production was halted for a year to allow the surrounding area to recover. It took eight months to rebuild the set, and 700 replacement trees were purchased. This Noel Marshall. <laughs> I was looking him up on Wikipedia, and I'm just... He's dead now, yeah, so that's we can't not, that do this again. That doesn't surprise me. So there's, there's did, the upside. Die? 2010. Okay. He lived to be about 79. Um... Because otherwise, I would consider him to be pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just like, like there really is, there is an unhinged aspect of doing oh, this. all of this. Yeah, like, like, but by that I mean like seriously, like, what mental illness did he have to think that this was a good idea? Well, I mean, all artists are they're, they're off. In certain ways. Like, they just are. Like, they don't think like you and me. This guy's thinking, he's like, I can control a set of hundreds, literally hundreds of wild animals with little to no trainers. And, and we will continue to do so even after people are nearly killed. Even after people have been maimed. And even after many of the animals have died. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, in 1983... The Tippy Hedron, uh, the Tippy Hedron, Tippy Hedron, the Tippy Hedron, not to be confused with the other one, <laughs> founded the Roar Foundation and established the Shambhala Preserve Sanctuary to house the animals appearing in the film. She also wrote a book, The Cats of Shambhala, about many of the film's events. Is it Shambhala? It is Shambhala, yeah. Uh, it might, maybe Shambhala, Shambhala is actually the correct way to say it, but Three Dog Night ruined it for us all. They did. As well as many other things. <laughs> <laughs> Including this phrase, joy to the world. <laughs> yes. 
The film has been described as, which we mentioned earlier, the most dangerous film ever made, as well as, quote-unquote, the most expensive home movie ever made. <laughs> yes, basically, that's what it was. That's a good That's a good way to look at it. Very expensive home movie. And has gained a cult following in the years since its initial and subsequent releases. The no, film, the no, film no. was The film was re-released in uh, 2015. No, this is one of those, don't reward them with attention. Don't reward them with attention. Is that it? That is it. Oh, wow. That's was the story <laughs> of how how you cut the iPad. how I cut the iPad that was the story of roar <laughs> oh my god they didn't have um uh they didn't have movie trailer voice guy back then yeah no not really yeah. they just kept saying roar, roar. <laughs> it was probably one of the family probably members. was it was probably jerry yeah. mm, after he hit Jimmy. puberty during okay how old were these children during the filming and could you tell that they were aging 11 years they were like in their uh, they were either i don't know their actual children? ages they looked like late teens early 20s okay but melanie right. griffith you can tell she's like 13 14 at best is she really that young at that point yeah let me see when she was born melanie. so filming began in 76 She's born in 57. Yeah. So, 70, so she was 18. Hmm. She looked way younger than really, that. Really, did yeah. she? Either that or just I mean, people looked different back then, too. But uh, Let's see how long Tippi Hedren... Oh, she was an animal rights activist. <laughs> I guess maybe after that. That's what, that's, that's, what happen, what, that's what happens when you get staples in your head. Yeah, that's, what, <laughs> uh, that's what made her. Oh, she's still alive. Is she? How old is she? She was born in 1930. Wow, so she's almost 100. Yeah. She will be 93. No, she is 93. She was born in January 19th. No shit. 1930. It's quite a run. Man. She's born Natalie K. Hedren. So she was almost 40 when she saw Man Go on the Moon. Yeah, I guess that's a way to look at it. Look at Tippi Hedren as an older person in 2014. Doesn't she look like Melanie Oh my God, they do look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Melanie Griffith was born in 58, you said? 59? 57. 57, my God. So that makes her She's almost 70. Age. Yeah. Wow. And this has been the uh, Tippi Hedren and Melanie Griffith after show. But I want to see where she divorces this ass. <laughs> he might have just died. Oh, God. If she stayed with him that whole time, then... Uh, tippy, like, come on, tippy, 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 tippy toes. I don't <laughs> enjoy this, your life story. Oh, they filed for divorce in 1982. Okay. So just so after just, this. Uh, yeah. Probably had something to do with the four houses being gone. <laughs> oh my God. That's just, anyway, I, I can keep reading. Anyway. <sighs> That's wild in every sense. Every sense of the word. What a wild story. What a wild ride. It was nice to laugh so much after four episodes of The Challenge. I will say that. Yes. I will definitely say that. Um, Yep. Yep. I feel like some more lighthearted episodes, honestly. I do have a lighthearted topic in mind. I'll do that while I'm away for work. Sure. So. Speaking of which, you are in a couple of days going to the uh, the place of my birth name. Yes, indeed. By the time this episode comes out, I will have been there for a couple weeks. That is true. So, yes, that's why we're recording so many episodes in such a short period of time. <laughs> to shore them up. But, uh, yeah, St. Louis to... 
train for work all day for no reason. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So that's where whatever. we are. Yes. Whatever. whatever. W's. <laughs> so that was highly entertaining. Well done. Thank well you. Chosen. Thank you. So that was the story of Roar. Roar. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week. Roar. <laughs> <laughs>